Welcome back to Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. I'm Drew, and I'd like to offer my sympathies to anyone who started Pablo Lopez last night. That was a random thought, and it leads me directly into my next uh, segment, which I'd like to call Random Thoughts. You know, I watch a little baseball, and sometimes I'll see something when I'm watching that I never hear about. I never hear it mentioned on any of the many fantasy podcasts I listen to, and I never see it written about, never see anybody tweeting about it. And so I'd like to share a few of those random thoughts with you now. Uh, the first one's from just last night. I saw the first inning of the Rays-Yankees game, and uh, Tyler Glass now got into a little bit of trouble, and I think he loaded the bases. And to get out of that jam, I noticed that he was throwing just fastball after fastball, heating them up at about 98 miles per hour um, each. So uh, just really throwing heat. And he, I think he gave up a couple runs, but he eventually did get out of the first inning. And then it seemed like he was cruising for the next four. And in the sixth inning, he had to come out of the game and unfortunately is now going to the IL for four to six weeks, I believe. And I just... I, it made me think that these guys who throw 98 super hard all the time, uh, like Mike fulton last year, and some other guys that I'll mention in a minute, they're very prone to injury. And I would think when you get into a jam like that and you're just going to the fastball over and over and over again, you uh, are putting your arm at risk for to get the results that you want. So Tyler Glass now, so far this this year is the fourth hardest thrower on average after Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, and Garrett Cole. And we know that some of those guys have had injury problems in the past. And what I also noticed was that of all four of those guys, Glass now throws his fastball the most of any of them at 64.2%. So he's a very fastball-heavy pitcher. So anyway, this segment is called Random Thoughts because that's a very random thought, but it does make me wonder if we need to have a little trepidation with these guys who throw this high heat so often. The other random thoughts will be a little shorter. So another thing I, I noticed is that Julio Urias got a three-inning save yesterday. He came into the game uh, in the seventh and... They let him pitch till the end, and the Dodgers scored a couple more runs while he was pitching, and so the end score, I believe, was five to nothing. But um, he got the save, and so I just thought that was interesting. He actually got another save earlier this week, pitching just the ninth inning. I think that was just because Kenley Jansen was unavailable, but uh, it's a nice thing to see since I have him for my uh, in my main event. Unfortunately, he's on my bench. Um, I'm keeping him because I'm hoping he'll get starts again later in the season, but maybe I'll have to consider starting him for ratios and, and these sort of random saves. Last random thought is um, Kyle Tucker, and specifically Kyle Tucker versus Jordan Alvarez. A lot, there's been a lot of talk about how Alvarez has been incredibly hot to start the year. I think he's still batting close to 400. He was, he was over 400 in AAA um, for a few weeks. And Kyle Tucker got off to a bad start. But in the last three weeks, Kyle Tucker is hitting well over 300. And 
He's now up to 10 home runs and five steals already. So uh, I'm just wondering if we sort of put the cart before the horse with that one and got a little too excited about Jordan Alvarez. And, you know, this is very motivated by the fact that I have a lot of Kyle Tucker shares. But as random thoughts go, that one makes me hopeful. All right. Well, that's those are just some things I've been seeing that I haven't really heard people talking about. And I'll try to include that segment from now on, because like I said, I watch a little baseball and um, sometimes I'll see something worth talking about. Now let's move on to the uh, regular making me look smart slash making me look stupid segment. Making me look smart is Jose Peraza. I said back on the 18th of April that I didn't like his approach this year. He was hitting the ball in the air way too much. and That was hurting his batting average. And just overall, I saw no reason for the Reds to move him up in the lineup. And then last week on May 2nd, I said that he's a player to consider dropping because I think he'll hit at the bottom of the lineup and not get enough counting stats or steals to be very worthwhile in fantasy. Since then, he's hit 7th, 8th, or ninth in each of their games, and he's still only batting 200 for the season. One thing I've never liked about Peraza is just that even as good as he was last year, it's the profile is just volatile. So, you know, as long as the batting average is good and he it's at the top of the lineup, he chips in some home runs and he gets a bunch of steals. But it's not like he walks. It's it's not like he goes on power surges. And so, you know, if, especially if he's hitting at the bottom of the lineup, which is really where he belongs in a, in a better lineup, which the Reds have this year, there's just no floor there and a, and a middling ceiling. So he's just simply not my kind of player. And, you know, so far this year, that's making me look smart. But we'll see what happens going forward. Um, I, th- I still think I would maintain my, my sell on Peraza. Um, obviously, if anybody will pay you for him, trade him. But also, if uh, you need to, to come up with just somebody who's going to fill up the stat sheet a little bit more, I would consider dropping him and picking up somebody that can help you. Making me look stupid is Kenta Maeda. Uh, I'm happy about that because I've got a lot of Kenta Maeda shares, and I've only dropped him in one very shallow league, which I'm not even upset that I dropped him there. I actually picked up Lucas Giolito today off um, as a free agent, so clearly that's a, there's a lot of pitchers available in that league. But um, I said just last week on May 2nd that I was worried about Maeda not throwing his slider. So here, just to back myself up and not make myself look too crazy, here are his sliders by start for every start he's had this year. 14, 14, 31, 41, 23, 14, 6. And then that was where... um, last episode happened and I said 14 and then six in his last two starts that's just not going to get it done you know I want him throwing you know 25 or 30 sliders at the least well his last two starts since I recorded 28 sliders thrown and then yesterday 35 sliders thrown so you know Maeda clearly listens to my podcast and he's just trying to make me look stupid but no I mean guess what good results in those last two starts and I'm really happy to see it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and declare him just fine and roll him out everywhere and probably watch him give up seven earned runs and his start this week. So I don't know what to do. Maeda's making me look stupid.
All right, next, I want to talk about launch angle. And this goes, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of StatCast data, which I've sort of referenced in the past. And one of those things is the concept of barrels. So I think, you know, I've, I've defined this on the podcast before, but it's probably worth going back and, and, and looking a little bit more carefully. So a barrel is just a classification of a, of a batted ball, any ball that's hit. And a barrel is a ball that's hit such that the minimum batting average is 500, and then the slugging percentage is 1,500. So that's a really well-hit ball, obviously. That's what you want. And to be barreled, you have to hit a ball with at least an exit velocity of 98 miles per hour. So if you hit it at 98, the launch angle has to be between 26 and 30 degrees. And then for every mile per hour over 98, let's say you hit it at 99, that range of launch angle widens. And so it can be 25 to 31 degrees. If you you hit it at 100, it can be 24 to 33 degrees. And so you don't have to hit the ball very hard. I mean, 100 mile per hour is, is hard, but it's not 115 or, you know, one of these just elite raw power guys like Aaron Judge. So... You can hit the ball 100, you know, if you hit it with a very, very good launch angle. Um, and it just it, that actually, just to con- just to finish the thought there, um, the the launch angle with which you can hit the ball, the range continues to grow until you get to an exit velocity of 116 miles per hour. At that threshold, uh, a barrel is anything with a launch angle between 8 and 50 degrees. So again, you know, once you get to that, you're, you're talking about elite raw power. Only a few guys c- can hit it uh, 116 miles per hour. And the, the launch angle there is not as important. So when you have Pete Alonso or Gary Sanchez or Joey Gallo hitting a ball, they can hit it with a lot greater launch angle and still have a chance at a barrel. And some of those will even go for home runs. But I got to thinking, you know, what about these guys who seem to be, you know, they, they don't seem to have that Joey Gallo power. Um, maybe their their maximum exit velocity ball that they've hit this year tops out at, you know, somewhere between 105 and 110 miles per hour. So they're, they're not in that upper echelon of 112 to 120 miles per hour. They don't, they'll, they'll never hit a ball that far. Um, and so I looked at some of these guys, and I looked at 2018 as well, uh, and I, I kind of focused on 2018, so we have a full year of data. And I, I looked at guys who they don't seem to have as many barrels as some of these elite options. So if you look at the top of the leaderboard for 2018, there are guys like Chris Davis, um, Harris Davis, obviously, J.D. Martinez, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, even Mookie Betts and Manny Machado, all of those six guys had 60 or more barrels, and Mike Trout was right behind with 58. So these are guys who are barreling a ton, and yet we know that they, you know, other than Chris Davis, J.D. Martinez, Joey Gallo, and Stanton, certainly Betts and Machado, you know, these guys are hitting about the same number of home runs is the other home run leaders, you know, 30, 30 to 40. So I guess even Gallo and any, anyway, we're looking at 30 to 40 home run guys. But then 
you also have to include in that camp Arenado, who had 38 home runs, and Jose Ramirez, who had 39 home runs, and even like Eugenio Suarez with 34, and Jose, uh, Jesus Aguilar, who had 35 home runs. So those are also elite home run hitters, and listen to the number of barrels those guys had. So again, we're talking 60-plus, or you know, 58-plus for Trout and those other six guys I named. Jose, um, Jose Ramirez had 43 barrels, so almost 20 barrels less than those other guys. Arenado had only had 35 barrels. He hit 38 home runs on just 35 barrels. Um, Eugenio Suarez and Jesus Aguilar had 38 and 41 barrels, respectively. So again, what I'm talking about is why are these guys who are not hitting nearly as many barrels um, as those elite guys, why are they hitting more home runs from, from the barrels that they get? So their barrel-to-home run ratio is, uh, is a lot closer to one-to-one than those other guys. And so what I, what I looked at, I, I looked at that at launch angle, and I just arbitrarily looked between a launch angle of 21 and 34 degrees. So remember, um, the 98-mile-per-hour bar, you know, barreled ball uh, has to have a launch angle of 25 to 31. So I basically just widened that 25 to 31 a little bit. And so it's from 21 to 34 degrees. Um, I looked at how many of the, the players' uh, barrels were in that range. So Arenado, uh, like I said, he only had 35 barrels last year, which is crazy with 38 home runs. But So he was 60th in overall barrels. But when, the, when I looked in that 21 to 34 degree range, he was 13th. With, uh, with Jose Ramirez, he was 32nd in overall barrels, but in the 21 to 34 range, uh, degree range, he was 9th. Uh, Eugenio Suarez bumped up from 46th to 23rd, and Jesus Aguilar was 40th in overall barrels and 5th in barrels with a launch angle of 21 to 34 degrees. So this, to me, this seems like something to watch. Uh, so if you see a guy who's hitting uh, just a ton of barrels, but not many in the range of 21 through 34 degrees or, you know, something close to that, you can bet he's going to have uh, a much higher ratio of barrels to, to home runs. He's not going to, they're not going to go for home runs as often. So, I, I, you know, just to prove this out, I contrasted a couple guys. Uh, with this this group of sort of, I, I'll call them launch angle savants, I guess, because so many of their barrels are at this optimal launch angle. But so in contrast to that, we have like Giancarlo Stanton, who had 63 barrels last year and only 38 home runs on them. So he was fourth in overall barrels and 27th in barrels with a launch angle of um, 21 to 34 degrees. I thought that was really interesting. And then Freddie Freeman, had 46 barrels last year and only 23 home runs. So his, his ratio is, is literally two to one uh, barrels to home runs. He was 23rd in overall barrels with a 46, but he was 48th in barrels with a, with a launch angle of 21 to 34 degrees. So I just, I thought those were really interesting and it, and it might explain why you see some guys uh, this year who have a ton of barrels and, you know, not, not, not nearly as many home runs. So you have Jose Abreu, 
with uh, 23 barrels, Freddie Freeman with 20 barrels, and even uh, Dansby Swanson was up there with 14 barrels. Um, I just I thought that was fascinating because none of those guys are really among the home run leaders. I guess Jose Abreu would be the closest, but again he he leads the league with 23 barrels, and he quote-unquote, only has nine home runs, which obviously is still good, but it's not leading the league by a ton. So very, very interesting to look at. And when you look at the, um, the barrels within, within that launch angle range of 21 to 34, those guys drop down the list. They're, not, they're no longer at the top of the list. Um, uh, let's see, I had, had the numbers... As of a couple days ago, at least, Jose Abreu was seventh when you look at it that way, and Freddie Freeman drops even further. He's 86. He's only got five barrels in the 21 to 34 degree range, and uh, Dansby Swanson drops to 36th. So very in intriguing stuff, uh, just something that I, I noticed and I thought was, was interesting. Um, so Maybe uh, delving a little bit deeper than just looking at the number of barrels somebody hits is, is worthwhile. You know, I mentioned how you can look at the barrel or the StatCast leaderboard, click on someone's row, and look through their last, you know, look through every uh, batted ball they've had and see which ones are hit hard and, and going a long distance. Um, maybe this would be a shortcut as we get so much data that it's not really tenable to do that because... There's just too much to look through. So anyway, that's that's sort of something I noticed on StatCast that I thought was worth talking about. All right, well, let's do just a little bit of player analysis uh, to wrap up today. I just wanted to look at two players uh, that have stood out to me lately in one way or another. On the good side, we have uh, Joey Gallo. He has been uh, almost a different player this year with... 12 home runs already, that's not surprising, but his walk rate has been 20.8%. He's still striking out quite a bit, 34%, which is only down a tick or two from his usual and still way up versus just about everyone else. But his average is 257 so far. And if we look a little bit deeper, we can see the changes in his plate discipline. So he's swinging almost 10% less total. And he's swinging outside the zone much less. He was at 32% last year. And this year so far, he's at 22%, which is elite. And uh, it hasn't really helped his contact percent, but uh, it seems to be helping his quality of contact with uh, 12 home runs being a lot, even for him. And more um, singles and doubles, obviously, since his batting average is up. Now, I, I can't tell you for sure if he's going to hit 200 or 250 or somewhere in between. My guess would be somewhere in between. But even just walking more is going to help his runs and uh, possibly even slightly his other stats, uh, stolen bases perhaps. You know, he already has two this year. And his OBP right now is 410. So Joey Gallo is really taking the next step to becoming a more complete hitter. Now, whether he'll settle in as a 220-230 hitter at his peak and just sort of be what he is but a little bit better, 
I don't know. But if he, he, I don't have to tell you, if he can hit 250, then, you know, it would be simply amazing results. Uh, something like sort of, uh, I don't even want to say Aaron Judge light because he might have a batting average that's worse than what we could see from a healthy Aaron Judge, but he may hit 50 plus home runs. And uh, with 12 already, you know, I think we're about a fourth of the way through the season, maybe even a little less. Um, you know, the sky's the limit for Joey Gallo if he can hit anything close to 250. So very encouraging stuff there. On the more negative side, I wanted to look at another one of my pitchers who I'm starting to, to worry about severely, and that's Tyler Skaggs. Um, obviously, recency bias is playing into that as he gave up eight runs, seven earned, to the Tigers the other day uh, with just four strikeouts. Not a great outing. And so what's sort of bothered me about him is he was never a huge swinging strike guy. He would, he would uh, you know, have swinging strike rates just barely above 10%. In fact, if we look at his previous seasons, the only one where his swinging strikes have been impressive was last year at 11%. And that's not exactly elite. That's, that's above average, but not, you know, getting up there with some of the guys um, like um, in the 12 to 13% range, the possible breakouts, and certainly nothing like the the Blake Snells of the world with, you know, 15, 16% swinging strike rates. So looking a little deeper into last year, uh, Tyler Skaggs was, was doing great. He had a, a very good year going. And even though he ended up with a 4.02 ERA, that came on just a couple of blowups uh, after he was starting to have injury problems. And so that was a lot of what led me to draft Tyler Skaggs is, you know, if he could do that again, then he'd be a steal in the, I think I got him in the 15th round. But unfortunately, not a lot of the underlying stuff he's doing really backs that up. Um, he, you know, even Rick Porcello won a Cy Young, so it's not like a pitcher can't go on a long streak of dominance, even, even with sort of middling peripherals and middling underlying um, skills. So nothing about what Tyler Skaggs has, do, has done really encourages me too much. His, his um, fastball was never elite, but it's down almost a tick uh, in velocity from 91.4 to 90.6 on average this year. And his curveball has never really been that dominant. A lot of times last year, he was getting more whiffs on his four seam than he was on his curveball or his changeup. So if that's not happening this year, um, that's a that's a pretty bad, you know, knock against him already. And then another thing about the the uh, the pitch mix is he's been throwing fewer fastballs, so that's kind of indicative of, of maybe he knows it's not at its best um, and let's see more change-ups more change-ups than he has in the past and he doesn't have a, a lights out change by any by any means it doesn't get a ton of whiffs either so I guess all in all Tyler Skaggs is just sort of looking like a 
above average pitcher and that only because he has pretty good control and he has you know a good three pitches but none of them you know seem to be knockout pitches and so that's probably going to keep him I'm, I'm wanting to say above a four era or right around it and um while he might be worth rolling out against bad teams i'm a little skittish to start him uh against everyone so i am just i'm i'm not saying drop tyler skaggs but i am definitely dampening my enthusiasm about him going forward well that's about all i had for today um, i'll be traveling the next couple weeks so i may not have any podcasts coming out or if i do it'll be probably a sh super short episode or two uh just to sort of stay in touch but uh, i guess some people already think these episodes are super short but whatever anyway uh until next time thanks for listening hit me up on twitter at common sense fbb and as always stay classy planet baseball